<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to The Bottom Shelf. <laughs> All right. Where is everybody? Kevin's still gone. Where the heck is Branson? John, are you even here? What? John. What what are you doing, John? I'm. What are you doing, John? Playing video games. Okay. Just don't jack with the taco machine. I'm I'm watching you, John. Playing Miles Morales right now. Sweet. Just Just getting my zen on, swinging through a city beating baddies That's, that sounds cool that sounds fun hey we have we have to record another review didn't we just do one yeah like two weeks ago now it's another one look man this podcast doesn't die easily all right kevin kevin's still in the land of the we people i know but we have we have a schedule to keep out <sighs> fine dave dave yeah D- dave you need to go in the dumpster again I, no, I'm in the middle of playing. You're the new guy. The 476. I I'm busy, new, John. New guy. I can't get dumpster. This is my dumpster. This is why I'm never gonna finish. We're gonna play rock, scissor, paper, fault. and we're gonna figure it out this way. Okay. Wait, did you just say rock, scissor, paper? Is that how you're supposed to say it? Well, I've always heard it. Paper, scissor, rock. I thought it was rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, now. lizard, Spock. That's just okay. Dumb. Everyone, all right, ready? Everyone, throw it out. Ready? Yo, Jimbo. Ready? One, two, three, go. Frick! <laughs> Get your galoshes out. Now you know how Kevin felt every week. Yeah, well, I don't care. Fine. <laughs> Was he nice to you? Did he leave something on top? <laughs> well, there's, somebody's been leaving used hygiene products in there, so. No thanks. I didn't see those when I jumped in last. Whatever. Time. Must just be for you. Prepare yourself to discover a world of terrible movies. High above the planet Geekery, a group of intrepid explorers hover over the dangerous planet in their fabulous superorbital spacecraft. Their mission: to conduct a complete analysis of movies known throughout the universe as terrible. So grab your space popcorn, grab your freeze-dried ice cream, and join us for today's mission of discovery and wonder. Are these movies better than the galaxy thinks? Or do they really belong on the bottom shelf? Hello, movie lovers and those who secretly hate movies. Welcome to The Bottom Shelf, a podcast uh, that is devoted to watching terrible movies so you don't have to. The Bottom Shelf is part of the Geek Devotions Podcast Network, a network of podcasts that one you know you're loved, you're cared for. So if you don't watch past this moment, know this, you're loved, you're cared for, there is a planning purpose for your life. Don't give up. I am Dallas. I'm so glad you guys are joining us, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you found us. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, with me today in this trip of terribleness is uh, our good friend back again, Mr. Dave. How's it going, buddy? Good. Good. Glad I didn't have to get in the dumpster this time. 
you know, it's quite nice um, not to have to read or repulse that, but uh, we're glad you're here and uh, glad you could uh, you didn't run away after the last episode. No, 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 no. I, I wouldn't have left unless you told me to leave. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. I like you guys. All right. And uh, back from the dumpster is our good friend. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him. You love him. John. How you doing, John? I can say this with absolutely no hyperbole that the theme song that for this show that we play every week is the, mm-hmm. my favorite theme song I've ever made for any show that I've done. Really? Even more than the Gundam Watch? You know, Gundam Watch is 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 very good, and I enjoy that quite a bit. But no, I I, I think the synth wave that we that I threw together on this one was. I like the tell of it. It's pretty sweet. So so well, cool beans. So uh, do we need to put on the tagline used with uh, produced and used with permission by John? I Arden? think because I'm actually on here, we don't have to. Sweet. All right. Welcome to com- or to. Uh, the bottom shelf where we talk legalities with music and podcasting. Uh, <laughs> John, what do we have for our viewing pleasure uh, this, or pain today? This time around, because we are still cruising the October months, we're dealing with the spoop a little bit. Uh, we have mm-hmm. The Dead Don't Die. Uh, taking a look at the back of well, this. They're already dead. Uh, this is a movie that was written and directed by some guy named John Jim Marsh. J- Jarm- Jarmush. Jarmush. Jinglehammer Smith. Uh, I've never heard of this guy before, but apparently he's made movies like this as uh, uh, Charles Gramesco from Birth Movies Death says it's one of Jarmush's funniest films. So he's made more than one. Uh, it is starring in no particular order: Bill Murray, Adam Driver, Tilda Swinson, uh, Chloe Savini, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, Caleb Landry Jones, Rosie Perez, Sarah Driver, Iggy Pop, The Rizza, Carol Kane, Selena Gomez, and Tom Waits. Uh, so many people so many um and of course the synopsis in the sleepy small town of centerville something's not quite right the moon hangs large and low in the sky and the hours of daylight are becoming unpredictable and the animals are beginning to exhibit unusual behavior no one foresees the strangest and most dangerous repercussion that will soon start plaguing the town the dead don't die they raise from their graves and savagely attack and feast on the living and the citizens must battle for their survival. Well, that sounds like a pleasant film. All right. Let's look at some warning labels. Warning. Adam driver. Fair warning. Uh, warning. If you're going to watch this movie, you're going to need to see it twice uh, to get it. The film goes slower than Bethany Hamilton competing in the Olympic 200 meter dash. Adam drivers, uh, Adam drives the movie where others can't. Oil business is evil. And then uh, warning, Iggy Pop. That's a warning about uh, the individual people who are in this movie, I guess. <laughs> That is fascinating that there's warnings about the individual actors. So, Dave, you got any uh, info for us? Uh, I mean, I guess. So, 
Centerville is where this all takes place, and it is a reference to a fictional town in the song 200 Motels, or movie 200 Motels. I don't know for sure. I don't know where I get this information from, but uh, yeah, uh, it has something to do with Frank Zappa, which I thought was cool. But there are also 20 towns in the United States that have that are called Centerville. My dad grew up in one of them. Really? Okay, yeah. I'm a I'm about an hour and a half away from one of them. Um because there are not enough celebrities in this movie, as uh, was noted by John, apparently Daniel Craig was supposed to have a bit part, and because he was shooting something else, probably Bond, uh he got cut out of the movie. Huh. So that's a bummer. Uh Tilda Swinton's character in this movie is named Zelda and a lot of her mannerisms and her style and things like that come from other pop culture movies. Um, Bill Murray reunites with a couple of other cast members from different movies he's been in, namely Carol Kane from Scrooged, which you guys have talked about before and Danny Glover who he uh, was in with the Royal Tenenbaums. So cool. That's, that, that That's some stuff. That is some yeah. stuff. It's fascinating. All right. So uh, banter and expect- expectation times, gentlemen. Um, I've never heard of this movie before. Um, I'm not normally a big Zambi person, but uh, I'm down to try it. Um, yeah, I just... Bill Murray's movies are hit and miss for me. So I don't know sure what I'm walking the, into. The amount of excitement in your voice about having to watch this movie, Dallas, is just phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, like I have no nostalgia for this. I've never heard of this movie before. Uh it get being pulled out of the trash can. I, I literally have nothing. I haven't even seen a trailer for this before. You didn't, didn't see a trailer existed. for this movie? No, I have zero grounding for this movie whatsoever. Bro, the trailers Normally for this movie movies... were all over TV back in 2019 when it first came out. I don't watch TV. No. I watch like Netflix, Hulu, and Crunchyroll. Uh, no commercials. Gotcha. I I did see this pop up on YouTube. Um, and I don't know, like Bill Murray, kind of like Dallas, like hit and miss. I like Adam mm-hmm. Driver. Probably more than most people, it sounds like, whoever did the warning about Adam Driver. (laughs) Um, But I love ensemble films where you have way too many celebrity people and you know that they're only going to be in it for 0.2 minutes. So, right. uh, You know, did you like Mars Attacks? I didn't watch Mars Attacks. Really? Get out. No. I I recommend it. In fact, the podcast recommends it as a whole. Wait, no, come back. We need you. We need a tiebreaker. So. Okay, good. <laughs> it's a long way down to leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a there's a shuttle right now. Nah, you can you can always ride a taco machine down. <laughs> no, stop it. I love to leave my taco machines alone. Um, all right. So expectations. I, I I think I'm the only person here who has seen this movie before. I've seen it once. I've seen it once. I got pulled in by the advertising of this movie because the advertising for this movie made this movie look like it was going to be one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my lifetime. Really? Mm -hmm. And then I watched it and I was sorely disappointed. 
Wow. Yeah, it, I did not like this movie the first time I saw it. So I'm expecting to like it even less because I have to watch it a second time. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Love it. Sounds great. Yeah. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to go watch this movie. Uh, if you want to pause the podcast and come back, you can. Or if you just want to turn off this podcast because you're going to you're like, I don't watch this movie because John says it's not good. You can do that also. So... <laughs> Um, I'm going to go make popcorn and then we're going to watch this movie together. Dear listeners, this is your opportunity to escape. Our crew has just entered into the media projection chamber. What horrors and madness that they consume are unknown. Their mental state upon their return is unknown. You have been warned. Well, that was a thing. I mean, it's yes. definitely a movie with actors. Are we sh- are we sure? Uh, whoever wrote that you need to watch this movie two times to get it. I think that they were right. That was Kevin. Well, Ke- so are you saying Dallas and I should watch it again? I mean, I have the bumper here if you guys need to see it a second time. Hmm. Let's just talk about the movie. Spoiler free. Okay. Um, I've had toast that was less dry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. The humor, the humor in this movie is super dry. Uh, It's. Would you call it deadpan? I, I see what you did there. And pan. (laughs) Here's, here's the best part about that joke, Dave, that you may not get. Uh, pan is the French word for bread, which takes us back to the toast. <laughs> yeah. So this movie was so quiet and slow. Uh, this this movie is a lot like watching Mitch Hedberg for me. No, I enjoy Mitch. I'm sorry. Am I <laughs> telecasting? Uh. <laughs> Just super deadpan or Stephen Wright. Stephen Wright would be a better I, a better way of describing okay. it. Just the whole that. just the whole I said this thing and I made a joke and so and then Ah, uh, so right, very question. Bill Murray. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Do you That's exactly right. what it is? Do you guys like The Office? I I've, yes. I've never watched it. Clarify UK or US? US. Okay. There's a difference. The humor of this comes off very much like The Office mm-hmm. to me. Like that's that's the for those listening, that's the brand of humor. It's it's that office style humor where it's like very I mean, it's dry, but it's like if you're in the situation, it's like that's really just a weird thing for you to say, but mm-hmm. it makes sense at the same time. Yeah. Like the entire movie, like first off it was <laughs> self-aware. Oh, it uh, it, break, it breaks the fourth wall several times. Yeah, which I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But the the way that they did it, the humor of it, you're just like, okay. So I mean, I guess if you're an Office fan, you're 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 digging this mm-hmm. to a degree. I, that I would, that was the brand of humor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a little bit drier. Uh, but yeah, I can I can definitely see. Now I need to watch this with my wife. <laughs> and 
And there are, again... Next on Geek This Podcast. Right. Again, there are so many famous people in this movie. There were a ton of famous people. I was blown away. Like, every time we turn around, like, who, what, what are they doing here? Yeah. Like, did, is it like, did, was it tax season? They just needed a write-off? Like, <laughs> what is happening? So, I've seen, I, I, I have listened to other movie podcasts that explain how movies like this happen. Um. And it's the same. It's the same. I think I I touched on this a little bit when we did our Mars attacks episode. Uh, mm-hmm. What ends up happening is, you know, there'll be actors that have some downtime and then they'll just schedule them in for like an hour or two and be like, you know, pay you five thousand to show up in this movie, spend, you know, two hours doing some lines in this oh. movie. So is that mm-hmm. how this podcast worked? Do I get paid $5,000 for this? You get paid? I was about to say, I don't think any of us actually make money doing this. <laughs> yeah, I might just leave now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's how things like this happen. Because if, if you pay, if you watch, all, all the fam- people who are famous in this movie don't have a whole lot of lines like really the only people who you could say are starring in this movie is adam driver and bill murray yeah yeah like they're they're, they're t- definitely top bill mm-hmm. at least. and, oh, and sure. even then they don't have a whole lot of lines in this movie like i could see mm-hmm. i could see yeah. how this movie could have probably been made in a month yeah you know what this movie reminds me of mars attacks it no a, a less funny version of Shaun of the Dead. I could see that. I could see that as well. Yeah, I I had a few moments where I was like, "This feels very Shaun of the Dead," but like, I, not as good. Just, and I, yeah, <laughs> but similar, <laughs> similar. Um, like it's it's in that brand of humor. Yeah. And then uh, another thing about this movie that's not spoilery is you are going to hear the theme song. So many, <laughs> so many times. times. <laughs> indeed like, you are like i felt like this was just a commercial for the theme song right like that's what it felt like it was like it was like you guys remember moonwalker where michael jackson did like a just basically a one giant music video for his album i don't <laughs> first off you need to watch that okay how old are you dave 35 okay yeah you're in the right age okay moonwalker look it up there's a video game also uh you can talk about that with geek this there we but go. um but it was basically one long music video for an entire album he put out. And that's what this feels like. This was just one long music video to the song. <laughs> the Dead Sturgill Don't Die. Simpson. By Sturgill Simpson. I love yeah. that song. It's a great song. <laughs> that, like, if you were, were going to have any kind of product placement, say that this movie was a big product placement thing, it'd be for Sturgill Simpson and the theme song. Mm-hmm. Because every time someone talks about, oh, that's The Dead Don't Die by Sturgill Simpson. And then right. the, the next thing is that's a great song, <laughs> just over, <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> Subliminal messaging. It's like <laughs> we're just we're just brainwashing people, Stockholm syndroming them into liking the song. I, that must have been how it happened for me because I love the theme song for this movie. <laughs> the best the best part, and this isn't a spoiler, 
because uh, this isn't a spoiler. This whole thing was because a it, it happens right at the beginning of the movie where Adam yeah. Driver turns on. He's like, let's listen to the radio. And he turns it on. And it was this is just after the theme song for the movie with all the credits <laughs> going by happens. He turns it on. And you hear Bill Murray go, this sounds so familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and Adam Driver <laughs> goes, well, yeah, it's the theme song. <laughs> <laughs> Which is totally my brand of humor. I, I that was so good. Honest, honestly, <laughs> and this this was a, this like I said, this is the second time I've seen this movie, and it didn't occur to me until this time seeing this movie. This movie is what would happen if the people who made Napoleon Dynamite made a zombie movie. Oh yeah, I could I can see that because now. I yeah. I want you to think about it. Was it funnier to watch? That's that that part I was just talking about, or was it funnier to go back and think about it and quote it? It's definitely better to to think about it and quote Napoleon it. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Napoleon Dynamite. Tina, come get your ham, you fat log. <laughs> so yes, All this right. is very much an if Napole the people who made Napoleon Dynamite made a zombie movie, as far as I'm concerned. See, when I look at the thing of Napoleon Dynamite. This is how I classify. It's not a movie. It's just a series of of memes stitched together, <laughs> and that's basically what this was. Just a series of memes stitched together. I, I, You're not wrong. No. <laughs> um, you could also say that about Killer Clowns. I, I I feel remiss for not mentioning that in the last episode, but Killer Clowns is very much the same way. I laughed in the middle of Killer Clowns, though. <laughs> Dude, I laughed so hard during this viewing of The Dead Don't Die. Do we need to go into the spoiler section so we can talk about your laughter? Um, I'm trying to look at my notes that I took here. Yes, Kevin, I'm still taking notes uh, to see if there's anything. <laughs> I'm so glad that he, he put that into you. That was his deposit into your I'm life. I'm just trying to see if there's anything else that I can talk about in this uh, spoiler I, I'll say this. Section. I appreciate that they made the small town feel small yeah like it like it had the right atmosphere as a whole for what they were trying to go for of uh, the small town disaster film um they did a great mm -hmm. job like it felt like a small town i've i've had the the privilege of living in small towns i've had the privilege of visiting several small towns and it felt right yeah um you know sometimes they do these small towns you're like okay you're like in somebody's neighborhood but of like a major metropolitan area but like they did a great job of keeping this like super small. And so I appreciated mm -hmm. that. Um, and ha my dad, having grown up in a town called Centerville and having been to Centerville, uh, it added another layer of familiarity to me. So I already felt like I was familiar with this town when I was watching it. And that's not, I, I can't, you know, that's not an experience. I think everybody's going to be able to share with, yeah. with this movie, mm -hmm. but I will say, I will yeah. say if you've been to a small town in your life and spent any significant amount of time there, I mean, you're, you're going to, you're going to get some feels from this movie because there are certain people in small towns that have certain roles and you're going to look at certain, yeah. you're going to look at characters in this movie and be like, Oh, that's whoever. That's so -and -so. Yeah. yeah. That's homeless yeah. Bob. Yeah. It, it, it's very much an equivalent to like May, Mayberry just with zombies, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, well, we all know who the town drunk is. Like, that's Otis. Everybody knows him. And that's True, fine. Mandy. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love the small town vibes. I mean, I 
that's that's where I live and grew up. So that's the reason right. why Stephen King works so well for me, because that dude can write some small towns. Oh, yeah, totally. All right. Well, let's so. let's get into the spoiler section, because I don't think I can talk about what tickled me so much about the second watch through <laughs> uh, without talking about specific things. So unless anybody's got any other spoiler free stuff to talk about. No, um, I think most I of the stuff I have is, is spoiled. All right. Well, if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it twice and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the spoiler section. Okay, so I think my primary issue that I had with this movie the first time I saw it is the first is really the first thing that Dallas said when he got out of watching it, which is the dry humor in this doesn't land with everybody very well. Mm. Um, and I don't think it landed with me very well the first time I saw it. Um, the the moment when I knew that my opinion about this movie was going to change was when Adam driver goes into the, uh, diner after the first zombie attack and his initial reaction was, Oh, yuck. (laughs) (laughs) That killed me. I was laughing so hard at that reaction. Just, yeah, just so random. Oh, yuck. (laughs) Uh, that and when Iggy Pop was in the diner and he's sitting there chewing on that one lady and then all of a sudden he just looks up and coffee oh, I feel that <laughs> I feel that I can go for some right now <laughs> Um, and I think Dave had was mentioning this when uh, we were talking about the trivia with Tilda Swinson's character being a nod to several other different cinematic things specifically all when i would look at her all i could think of was the bride from kill bill yep yeah i mean that katana like yeah in the the opening sequence when they when they show her in her dojo Mm -hmm. and she's Mm -hmm. you know got the hair the blonde hair and i think she was wearing yellow at the time or something i don't know right uh but yeah sort of yeah it was it was very kill bill Mm mm-hmm so um but taking it back to when uh, the cops are at the diner and the oh yuck there's (laughs) there's a line that gets said after that that is a running joke throughout the movie that i didn't catch the first time either whenever somebody sees somebody who was attacked by zombies after the fact was it a wild animal or perhaps several wild animals (laughs) yeah mm-hmm. oh my gosh that was hilarious and the thing about it is you know it, people out in listener land are like i i don't get it it, it, it legit <laughs> it legit like think of the first time you ever heard somebody quote napoleon dynamite to you mm-hmm. and you're, it, it, think of that because when they start quoting that to you and you're just like why is that funny i don't I, understand yeah, i have no context for this this is what gosh but i mean it's just like you just go back to it and like my on my second watch through i'm like this is hilarious i don't understand why this wasn't hilarious the first time and it is now but Mm -hmm. i laughed really hard at this movie and (laughs) i don't know if i'm disgusted with myself or (laughs) (laughs) just there was (sighs) 
and then Tom Waits freaking looked like Hagrid in this movie. Did you pick up on that? <laughs> no, I missed that. I wouldn't know Tom Waits if he walked through my front He door. was the homeless guy. He was the homeless, but he was a hermit Bob. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you feel like the, the guy saying the world is perfect, appreciate the details, was, that was the, the, RZA. the movie trying to tell us? That was huh? the RZA, man. Was that the RZA? Do you know who, do you, do you know know who the RZA is? He, he's basically the lead guy from the Wu-Tang Clan. That's the reason why the oh. name of the delivery company he worked for was Wu-P-S. Uh, I missed that one. So, But I wonder if that was a, a, a telling people, hey, pay attention to the details of this movie because that's where the humor is supposed to be in, is like the tiny things like that. Um, It could. Or is that a quote from a song that I no. don't know? I, I think I think that <laughs> I think it could be a nod to that. And I kind of took it that way. But in the same sense, there was a theme I was able to pull out of this movie after watching it a second time. that I didn't pick up the first time mm-hmm. um, that I don't know if we want to get into it now or if we want to talk about the movie now, but I can definitely get into it now. Like most most zombie movies are typically an allegory for death. Mm-hmm. Um, death is constantly cr- uh, creeping up on you and eventually you're going to succumb to it and there's not, th- not a lot you can do about it. It's basically what mm-hmm. a, a zombie movie is. Um, yeah. But th- the second time that I've seen this now, it, it occurs to me that in this one, the allegory is shifted in that um, commercial materialism makes you a mindless zombie and no matter how much you fight against it it's going to swallow you so i think that's the counterpoint i think what when he says that there that's more the counterpoint to the theme of this movie and it's and mm-hmm. it's crass materialism uh that it's trying to fight against is you know be content with what you have find perfection in right. the small things in life rather than constantly needing the next big thing because if you if you, if you watch the movies the zombies throughout the, the movies they always are being searching for whatever it was that they would obsess on in life right, right? well they said that in the movie Adam driver said that he goes in his damn pants self they seem to be drawn to the things that they enjoyed doing and when they were living. And, right. And right. like when uh, what Carol Kane comes out of her cell after raising <laughs> the Chardonnay. Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so her good because they, made that. Yeah, they set that up earlier just in conversations mm-hmm. about her and then she mm-hmm. shows up and I was like, that's good. You know, and I think that's the other reason why I, this movie missed with me the first time I see, I saw it too, is because they set up jokes like literally 30 minutes before the punchline comes in. So unless you're hanging on to that setup, some of those punchlines mm-hmm. are just going to go. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that I think that's, that's the biggest takeaway I got. What was it was just the commercial materialism is a bad thing. Um, and for as grim of a movie as this is, because dear friends and neighbors listening to us right now, um, this movie is a grim movie. This movie, this yeah. movie is a John's birthday episode of playing games with strangers <laughs> level of grim. <laughs> uh, date. There is no, no like, okay, let's throw in a happy ending. 
uh, to this. Um, actually, right. actually, there is there is sort of a happy ending. There are some people who survive that are that are uh, characters in this movie that because my wife was the same way. She's like, so what? Everybody dies. Great. Why did we three children run three away? Three children survive and Tom Waits mm-hmm. character survives. And if the reason and I, I believe that Tom Ra- the reason why Tom Waits character survived in this movie is because early on in life, before even the start of this movie, his character had rejected all uh, commercial and materialistic society. Mm. Okay. So why the kids? Yeah. Um, explain, Lucy. I can't explain those. <laughs> they were just like, oh, shoot, we brought these kids into this movie. How do we get that? Uh, I, I guess that was my problem. Like, like, we have these kids and like, it's like, oh, like perhaps the only reason for these children is to go for the one kid to explain all the science as to why the world's about to end. Like that was the only, only reason that kid was there. It could be. I mean, it's possible. But the thing, the yeah. thing is though, too, it, there has to be a reason. And I, it, I'm sure I'll probably think of something upon a third watch. Uh, <laughs> Tonight. <laughs> probably not. Uh, <laughs> this movie where i did enjoy it more this go around uh, this this movie is best done in small doses um mm-hmm. i i will say that you know there has to be a reason why those kids survived because this movie was not shy about turning killing people at all yeah right there were there were children zombies in this movie and they yeah. raided the toy store mm-hmm. yes like for snickers Two two things. Don't go in this movie looking for a happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't go in this movie expecting to take it seriously as a zombie movie. No. I I and I think that was my other thing was I I thought this is not 28 days no. later. Um this is I, I outside of my Napoleon Dynamite uh reference, I will say that this is maybe to zombie movies what dark star is to space sci-fi i can see that that's a good analogy for it it it, did you watch uh that one dave i did not i have not watched dark star yet it's on my ever-growing list it's kind of like video games (laughs) yeah Our, Except the I actually podcast officially movies. tells you don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> well, here <laughs> I'll watch. Gotta it. get a list together. <laughs> That's one of those movies that we were more severely divided on because mm-hmm. the moment I told Branson, because Branson had a hard time when he first started watching that movie, but I told him I said mm-hmm. you can't take it seriously. This is intended to be a dark comedy. I said you need mm-hmm. to watch it from a perspective of satire. And the moment he shifted his perspective, he actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. and that's the reason why, you know, to, to out of character here for a quick second, that's the reason why I sent both of you text message before you guys watch this movie saying you can't go in this movie expecting to take it seriously, because uh, if you do, you're not going to have a good time. Well, I mean, well, first off, Bill Murray's on the box. So you can't yeah. take it serious to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was what I thought when, when I saw, okay, it's a Bill Murray movie. Mm-hmm. So I, but I also like I, I have this. I don't know. I can pick up on satire. Um, my wife is not that way. I have family members and f- other friends that are just not that way. And so I can appreciate this movie for what it was as a yeah. satire. I, I think that that's. Um, it's definitely not a movie for everybody. 
<laughs> the look on I, some there there are moments when I wish the show was produced in a visual format because the look on Dave's face when he said that was I could eat that for breakfast every day. I mean, I, I'm I don't want to tip my hand. Mm, some days depends on my coffee <laughs> consumption. Me and Iggy Pop are like we're like two peas in a pod. <laughs> coffee. Um, yeah, I I don't. I I am one of those people that I don't think I I couldn't have I couldn't have taken this movie seriously if I wanted to like mm-hmm. I just pick up on the satire like from you know from the word go yeah from a couple of lines of dialogue and I'm like okay this is the tone I got it and then you have those very self-referential moments throughout the entire movie not just with the song but you know at the end of the movie where right. Adam Driver's just like yeah, I'm just, did you not get, did you not read the whole script? You know, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm still kind of stuck on your, you know, Branson was watching Dark Star and didn't think of it from a satire standpoint. Cause I'm like, I don't, maybe I just satirize everything in life. So I just, I pick up on it real quick. Right. So the the thing about the difference between Dark Star and this is Dark Star, if you don't come in like again, we we have the the privilege of being present in the time frame. We understand who these extras are. We know what this is. Dark Star was a student film that they had to add extra crap to to make a feature length, mm. and then they had to cut half of it and rebuild it because the studio said no. <laughs> and so we're coming at it from Dark Star from a several years removed, not knowing what's going on. It was a student film. They're slapping together. There were no visual cues for us as an audience outside of certain things to go, yeah, this will obviously be this. Mm-hmm. Whereas this film, three minutes of Adam Driver talking and realizing, oh, he's trying to be deadpan uh, more than he normally is. Mm-hmm. And Bill Murray, we go, oh yeah, definitely. This is going to be satire. We got this. We're going to rock this out as a satire film. I feel like, again, just time and space for us <laughs> yeah no pun intended made dark star a little bit different for us okay and so i didn't mean to get off on that tangent oh no i, yeah. I wasn't we, we so. but the self-referentials <laughs> was good though like i liked how like when when driver hands uh homegirl the uh the keys to his car and there's like um there's death one of the star. imperial uh yeah, was it, that wasn't that star no, was the imperial star destroyer, uh, is what I meant to say. yeah star destroyer yeah <laughs> it's Star like Wars, oh huh? Star Wars a fascinating work of fiction I mean that I was like okay yeah that's funny that's that's cool like the and that was the whole thing I half expect uh Carol to like make a reference to being the ghost of Christmas past I just did when she uh-huh. got up and Bill Murray's looking at her I half expect her to kick him in the nuts <laughs> that would have been great <laughs> dang it dang it Jim there actually that works because go back and rewrite that scene yeah (laughs) um can we talk about tilda swinston being an alien thank you where did that come from because that's self-referential as well because well that's rude but she kind of looks like an alien am i am i the only person sitting here that thinks that like I'm sure some people are like, no, she's gorgeous. But I'm like, I don't know. There's nothing funny about her. No, I'm with you, Dave. I made her. I, I, I had when we were watching, I was watching this movie with my wife and I made a reference to her looking like Gollum. So 
she has to go throw the ring in the Mount Doom. Yeah. When, legitimately, when she got taken up by the aliens, Dave, I went, well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. Oh, well, okay. But her, her <laughs> character was so bizarre in this movie. Uh-huh. It was. Just yeah. I, more socially awkward than a homeschooler on graduation day. Um, <laughs> Dave feels like <laughs> Why are there 400 people here? I went to school by myself. With mom. She waved her hand over the computer and everything turned on. And my wife's like, is she a witch? And I'm like, no. She was a witch <laughs> in a different movie. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yep. It, but that like that whole thing was like so left field. So like it was almost like they were like, let's just throw something else in here. Which again, they reference that with Bill Murray, because again, it is so referent, it's so um aware of itself. Bill mm-hmm. Murray going, Well, that was unexpected. Yeah. And then him looking over, like, Did you know it was gonna happen? He goes, That wasn't in the script. <laughs> and it makes me go, Did they just throw that in last minute? Like legitimately just go, let's put this in here. Yeah, it's like meta on and on a meta level probably right. was anybody else frustrated <laughs> that tilda swinson didn't take adam driver and bill murray with her i can't say that i i was disappointed in that because i didn't expect that to happen so i expected her to have like some revelation like oh this was the mission this was happen. like i don't yeah. know shoot all the zombies oh, or something like that bang plan nine from outer space It's going way back. Connect the dots. It just John. stops. Sorry, I didn't mean to just all of a sudden. <laughs> for listeners out there, the, the look on Dallas's face, who was on the episode for Plan 9 as well, uh, stopped as he just made the comparison between this movie and Plan 9 from Outer Space, <laughs> and suddenly connections started being made in his head as well. Mm-hmm. Um. So if you need reference to why that is applicable, you need to watch this movie and then plan nine from outer space and then make the connection yourself, because I don't think it's something that can verbally be communicated. It's that same level of awkwardness, but, and they're all zombies, zombies (laughs) and aliens. There, there's a connection is is what it is. Um, Yeah. But I, I got I, I will say this. I got frustrated at the end that Tilda Swenson didn't take Adam Driver and uh, Bill mm-hmm. Murray's characters, because believe it or not, I actually grew to like both of those characters and I wanted them to survive this movie. Mm. I especially yeah. and I, I don't say this often because I know Bill Murray is is known to be a difficult person to work with in Hollywood. Um Mm-hmm. But I really like really liked Bill Murray's character in this movie. <laughs> right. Um, I was rooting for him the whole entire time. I loved the way he interacted with people on there. Um, it's it's by far one of the most toned down characters I've ever seen uh, Bill Murray play. So so much so that you could almost you could almost picture him playing serious roles and doing it well. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Was I the only one screaming at the TV? Why don't you get it with the zombie thing? Like, it seemed like they were just kind of throughout a lot of the movie. You know, you had that reoccurring. Was it, you know, was it wild animals? Was it several wild animals? Yeah. Like, 
I don't, I guess maybe it's because I have watched a lot of zombie movies. Like I've watched at least half of the walking dead. Cause I won't finish the rest of it. Cause that's a, that's a show. Um, but I got bored by episode three and I just never came back to it. So, <laughs> but like, I, I don't know, maybe it, it is because I've watched so many zombie flicks, but, and also the last movie I watched with you guys, with killer clowns, the cops are just kind of like, nah, we don't, We'll kind of put it off we'll put it off. i will say <laughs> oh now it's real i will say this um if this were if it if you were in that person's situation if this was real life and not a movie the jump to reanimated dead is a hard jump to take logically i yeah, mean absolutely. even even as christians um i know i know we're not in the and the weak connections yet, but even as Christians, Christians, we have to overcome certain doubts about the resurrection hmm. of one person. So when you start talking mm -hmm. about global resurrection happening whole scale, mm -hmm. uh, it's a lot to swallow. Um, and to be to be perfectly honest, if uh, we were to hear about that. You know, the first thing people like me and Dallas are going to do is like, oh, it's time to go. The, <laughs> the dead are raising up. The, the rapture is not far behind. So, right. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking my to I'm taking my ball and going home. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, so it, it, it's it's a hard it's a hard uh, rational ju uh, jump to make. You want it's it's especially when we're taught uh, philosophical tools like Occam's razor, where the more, the most simple answer is probably the correct one. Uh, mm. Like you know, if you hear hoofbeats, think horses, not zebras. So when you find right. people who have been mauled and partially eaten inside a uh, enclosed space, it's not, it, it's more lo logical to think, was it an animal? Or perhaps several animals, you know. Fair enough. But right. man, like the only reason why oh, okay. Adam Driver was able to jump to it so quickly is because he had read the script. That's true. That's true. And I, I will say, living in and growing up in small towns, like everything closes by like eight o'clock. So right. the only people that are out at like nine o'clock are those that are hoping that Walmart's still open and those that work third shift and are zombies in and of themselves. So <laughs> I'm just right. like, you know, if you work like, third shift, you're already dead inside anyway. I can say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So yeah, like, I guess I can understand where, you know, they're not seeing zombies, but that was mm -hmm. the first thing I thought of was like, how has nobody else seen Iggy Pop walking down the road looking for something to chew on. <laughs> you know, I, I I will say yes, but with the caveat of <laughs> the zombies when they were coming out of the graveyard, they just look like dirty hippies, man. <laughs> they weren't really decomposed very much. Fair. I'll leave now. So here's a question. So the movie, like all the technology is dead, right? There's no cell phone signal. 
how were the zombies on Wi-Fi? I don't necessarily know that they were. I think they were just pawing at electronic devices saying Wi-Fi. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Like, it, it just, it was a weird thing caught me. I was like, <laughs> I thought everything was dead. How did their computers work? Like, I will. Like, they're, they're, the radio the radio was working for a minute, and then it wasn't working, and then, like, the TVs were always working, but not working. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to break, break this down to you and uh, bring in some outside scripture for zombie lore for you. Okay. Um, being, I, I don't know how many zombie movies Dave's seen, but I don't, he said he's not super into the spoop, so I might be the resident zombie genius here. Um, but I don't... It, in George Romero's Land of the Dead, mm-hmm. the opening segment lays down the that the zombies try to mimic what they would do in life. And they okay. show several right. scenes of at night, like zombies pushing a non-running lawnmower over the lawn. Like, like zombies, there will be zombies dressed up in uniforms in a bandstand trying to play instruments hmm. um, in a bandstand and stuff like that. And so it's it's not so much I don't not so much think that they were actually online or actually mm-hmm. whatever. I think they're more going through the motions because that's what they know. So here's a question. Do you think that if Dave and I were more of a zombie fan that we would appreciate this movie? Because it seems like there's a lot of like callbacks and small things going to classical zombie films that I think that people like you or like one of our one of our listeners, uh, Tasha, uh, she's a massive zombie fan. I can see her liking mm-hmm. this film quite a bit. But do you think that if Dave and I were more zombie fans that we would be like, We'd be more into it. I think if you were more of zombie fans, um, it would flow easier for you uh, in that okay. you, there would be certain pieces of the lore that would make you ask mm-hmm. less questions, like what you were talking about with the Wi-Fi and being on computers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I don't necessarily think that would be a hang up for you to catch other parts of the movie that could be entertaining uh like well for me it, entertaining is callbacks mm-hmm. i love when movies do callbacks to uh classical things within the genre mm-hmm. or within the lore of itself to me what, when a movie does that i get excited about it example with the gundam watch what i'm excited about for this next um segment of the gundam watch that uh Brent and i are doing is we're going to be going into mobile suit gundam wing and so I'm excited about seeing the callbacks to the original Mobile Suit Gundam series. That excites me. So, but so you do think that if we were, if Dave and I had seen or were more knowledgeable about these type of things, we would probably enjoy the film more. Maybe not necessarily the humor. We would take a couple of watches to get the humor, but we'd enjoy the film as well. There a whole. would be more content for you to appreciate and and mm-hmm. judge this movie against i would put it like that. so so mm-hmm. whether so very or not similar enjoy, to whether or not you'd actually enjoy it is debatable because right. if you don't like zombie movies um you know i can't necessarily say you would enjoy it more um i would i would say that you would be like oh okay so that's what they're doing still don't like it right you know so right i mean i enjoy zombie films i don't i don't hate them right um i'll get down with a few here and there yeah um so, so I guess would you would you say 
you know, for people that haven't watched this, but might be inclined to watch it based on our conversation, would you kind of building off of Dallas's comment, would you make, would you compare it to like watching a Marvel movie now versus watching a Marvel movie in 2011? where you kind of have to have seen everything else to get some of the 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 background jokes and the things that they mm. don't explain. No, I don't think so. Because I, I know that they did that. Like, So the car that Selena Gomez's character it has. It's uh, a reference to whatever it is. Here, here's what I will say about this movie. Hey, for, real quick, because I missed it. What's the reference to? It's a reference to uh, George Romero uh, zombie movies. Okay. Yeah, cool. and they make that call out in the movie itself. When oh she yeah, pulls yeah, up yeah, the hotel. yeah. They do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, multiple times they say it's very Romero. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I will say this: You remember our conversation? Everybody, go check out the second episode of Casual Gamer Society to understand this reference I'm about to make. But Dave, you remember when we were having the conversation about God of War? And how mm-hmm. I had trepidation going into the reboot because uh, I hadn't played any of the games prior to it. But when I dove yeah. into it, I was able to enjoy it for what it was, despite the fact that there were a couple mentions of stuff that had happened prior. But I didn't mm-hmm. need that in order to appreciate the movie. Okay. Uh, yeah. The George Romero, uh, the George Romero zombie movies are that to this movie. You don't okay. you okay. don't need them to enjoy this movie. Um, but if but if, if you have seen any of them, um, it, it's it's more like an appendix to make reference to that. It makes reference to, uh, you know, like like a good uh, J.R.R. Tolkien book will have appendices mm-hmm. at the end of it. Right. It, okay. it, it's kind of like that. Cool. So if if anybody wants to be a completist out there, I would say, you know, watch Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead and Land of the Dead. If you watch Mm -hmm. those four movies and then you watch this, there will be a lot of references you'll pick up on that won't necessarily change any of the humor in the movie. You'll just understand the logic by which they're working their zombies. I gotcha. So people like Tasha, she'll be like, okay, cool. She's rolling with it. Which would probably help you let be less distracted right. by deadpanness. Another <laughs> another way of putting this, another way of putting this would be um, like this. This is like D- Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, never heard of it. Of course, uh, the, the, this, think of this movie like Dungeons and Dragons, and then all the other movies as the source material that's out there. Okay, I get your words. And, going. Yeah. and you can it, it basically shows you the the rules. Those those movies basically are establishing the rules that this movie is playing by. It, right. it doesn't okay. necessarily make it better or worse. It's just understanding the rules that are at play. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, boys, we're ready to give a rating. Yeah. All right. 
John, please explain our rating system. Well, the rating system is separated into four different categories. First of all, we have the top shelf, where we've had two movies been placed recently. Uh, the top shelf is, it's a classic movie. Uh, pretty much anybody should give it a watch at least once uh, by our recommendation because we think most people will probably enjoy it or we were just that entertained and we'd be curious to see how other people take it. Uh, then there's the middle shelf, which is we can understand the criticisms that are levied against this movie, but by golly, we found some enjoyment in it and we think it could be possible you might find some enjoyment in it too, or at the very least, you might enjoy listening to it listening to our podcast in contrast to watching the movie uh, the bottom shelf is yes the critiques against this movie are in fact valid there may be some people who do enjoy this movie uh, probably not me and probably not anybody I know <laughs> and then there's the dumpster fire where this movie is so bad we are doing our part by eliminating it from existence and as far as we know, <laughs> no movie has ever gone in there. Yep, true story. All right, so Dave, um, we're going to go go to you first again because you're the noob. So I enjoyed our conversation of this movie more than I enjoyed this movie. <laughs> now, that said, <laughs> asterisk here. I do want to watch it a second time to really? pick up on some of those things. But as for me and my house, we're going to put this on the middle shelf. Hmm. All right. Where are you at with it? Dallas? For... I'm with Dave in the fact that I've enjoyed our conversation more than the movie itself. Um, I am not a Napoleon dynamite fan. Um, I enjoy dry humor, but normally when it's British. <laughs> um, I appreciate certain aspects of it. There were a few moments where I was like, okay, that was that was kind of humorous. I get that joke. That was funny. But for the most part, I'm going, how long is this movie? Like the entire time. I'm like, is this still happening? Um, I'm going to put this on a high bottom shelf. I like it like it could almost like maybe if i watched it again mm. I, it might graduate to a middle shelf but i have zero desire to watch this like it's it's shoved up in there on a high like like right between hand right there with napoleon dynamite maybe just above napoleon dynamite i'm not sure they're fighting for contention i i, I the thing about it is going into the reviews i i pretty much had you pegged at that spot i'm like i know where dallas is gonna put this he's being a good sport but i know where he's putting this uh i'm serious like we've had we've had bottom shelf films where we're like no this is terrible like it's it's sitting on the edge of falling into that thing and i'll say it's i'll tell you that it's absolute trash mm -hmm. or not but i have zero desire to watch mm -hmm. this again um this movie for me was a giant surprise the second time because I, I walked into it expecting a low bottom shelf for myself because that's where I was at the first time I watched it. Um, mm -hmm. And watching it a second time, knowing what I was going into, there's something about understanding what you're going into with this movie. And I think that's the reason why the movies like this, um, Blades of Glory, Napoleon Dynamite, The Bench Warmers, all those types of movies 
there's something about seeing it a second time that and knowing what you're diving into that makes it that much better um so with that being said i came out of this movie i there were parts where i was belly laughing at certain things in this movie wow uh the second and it's just like i knew it was coming but for some reason this time it was really funny um hmm. yeah i'm gonna give this a, a really high middle shelf wow. Um, wow but with the caveat there's an asterisk there it's a high middle shelf after a second watch because the first watch it was boo boo garbage but <laughs> <laughs> so if, if anybody garbage. really wants the full experience watch the movie and come back to it a month later after it's had mm-hmm. time to set or be like dave and watch it with his wife who apparently has a thing for napoleon dynamite style movies we're gonna have to i honestly dave get back to me about that because i would be super mm-hmm. curious to mm-hmm. hear how your experience with the movie has shifted and what and i'm yeah. especially curious as far as what one's going to say when she watches the movie yeah. right i tell you what let's do this we'll, we'll make a promise to the audience in our next episode of the bottom actually Shelf, where we review a movie hang on that, hang on let's do this i'm i'm, yeah. I'm going to cut you off because you're talking about in a next episode i'm gonna say let's do this uh, Dave, would you be willing to come back and record an Uh-oh. addendum to this episode that we can put on after the uh, after the theme music? Would you and when actually come back and just kind of discuss your thoughts, <laughs> your hers specifically about the first watch and you about your second watch? I, I will I will I will say this. I will ask her if she will watch it with me. And if I can convince her to watch it with me, <laughs> then yes, uh, we, we will get you a reaction of some sort. Okay. Right. Awesome. That's, that's if, all if I can not, expect. And if you. not in a time and manner, if it's not in like a time and manner, like, cause this episode comes out, we're recording this and we have a few weeks before it comes out. But if not, then at least would you send in a, a, a audio clip or mm-hmm. just your thoughts uh, for our, november stuff where we're gonna be watching um um some video game actually you might need to come back for the video game stuff we're doing uh super mario bros and street fighter you want to come back next Mm. month dave sure (laughs) casual gamer society crossover (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i mean as as long as all the seats aren't full sure oh we make more seats so as long as John isn't, you know, jessing out a taco machine for an extra seat, we'll be good. I mean, <laughs> if it starts giving me hot dogs again, bro, it's going to happen. Look, I understand that. I'm not sure who did that. That was That's a problem. Catherine and Catherine and her logic <laughs> that she she tried to exercise the same logic that they were using in Dark Star when we were talking about it. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah hot yeah, dogs yeah. are not That's tacos. True. No, they're not. Anyway. So. Which, by the way, John, we did clean up the extra pods on um, on Shiro Base. So next time you're on the Gundam Watch, well, they'll be clean. When episode three, and that was Branson's when episode fault. three of the Witch from Mercury comes out, we'll discuss this. We'll talk about it. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's all let's right. head on over to the uh, weak connections, and we can talk about uh, some weak connections. This is a weak connection. Big thank you to friend of the podcast, Matt Moreno, for recording that. I got to say that every single time because Homeboy is a massive stud with his delivery of that. I line. love that dude. 
So he never listens to the podcast, but he's getting praise on it. <laughs> Doesn't anyway. So I guarantee you, he's never going to listen to an episode of the Bottom Show. All right. Well, you are in the section where we were able to rip off a concept from friend of the podcast Ben Ben Avery, um, from Strangers and Aliens. This is where we try to find some kind of redemptive message or faith-focused idea that we can derive from the materials presented within the scene movie um, to edify you and give you a legitimate reason to actually listen to our show and justify (laughs) it to your parents who say that podcasts are just trash. (laughs) We also just want to encourage you and fulfill the mission of Geek Devotions, which is letting people know they're loved and cared for. Sure. That too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I have a weak connection for you, boys. And uh, um, it comes from the ending of the movie where Adam Driver and Bill Murray are sitting there in the vehicle. And Bill's like, "Why why are you okay? Like, you've been remarkably calm this entire stinking time which legitimately was weird the entire movie um and he goes i read the script and he's like i'm not surprised i have i've read the script i know what's going on i know what's happening i know how to respond so why should i freak out and um for us as as believers as christians um this is the thing like we have the script and that's the bible now I'm not going to be one of those Omega code reading into everything and all that junk. That's I I denounce most of that stuff right now. Um, But I will say this. You have to say something, John. (laughs) I was, but then I just, I'm not going to poke that bear. Okay. So I'm going to say this being a Christian, reading the Bible, developing godly wisdom it does prepare us so that when stuff hits the fan so when there's things that are just astronomically weird we know how to respond we know how to take care of things we know how to um point people back to hope and to handle a situation and it's not that it's anything of ourselves but if we're if we're grounded in the scriptures we're grounded in our identity in christ then when things happen we don't have to wonder what to do we know what to do because we've been instructed to. I had a, a situation many years ago, and I had a friend of mine come to me and present some stuff that happened in his life that was pretty, pretty intense. And I looked at him and said, okay. And he half expected me to respond in a very negative way and to chew him out or something. And I was like, why? Like, that's not how I should respond. I know this logically as a Christian, that's not how I should respond. I know in the flesh, a lot of people would, but the reason why I don't is because I know how I should. I know what the word tells me to. I know how to help people get past a certain point. And that comes from discipline in the scriptures, discipline in the community of believers and walking this out with folks on a daily basis. And so my encouragement for you guys is not that being a Christian, not that reading the Bible means you're going to have perfect peace. And you're going to be chilled all the time, but that when things happen, you have things that have been implanted in you to respond appropriately. And you, you can't give out what you don't have inside of you. And so that we need to be in the scriptures. We need to be in a, in a biblical community. We need to have people who, who speak life into us so that when crap happens, we know what to do. 
we know where to go and be okay. So that's my that's my weak connection for you guys. All right. I have one too, actually. Let's Again, go. because while listening to the soothing sounds of the voice of Dallas Mora, I was able to be inspired <laughs> to give you the word of God straight from Romans six. Romans six. This week's weak connection is coming from Romans six. Uh, verses 11 through 14. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Do not sin and therefore do not let sin therefore reign in your mortal body uh, to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness for sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under the law, but under grace. Sorry. I had to do it in my smooth FM radio. Speakerless. <laughs> Is it FM or AM? FM, sir. I guess it depends on the clarity. Um, but no, uh, to take it back to my analogy of the theme that is in this movie about corporate materialism, uh, making people zombies, it, it's really the ways of this world that sucks people, that, that is uh, sucking people in and making them mindless zombies and slaves to sin, i.e. murder and cannibalism. Um, That's a bad thing. And... Uh, <laughs> In Christ, we are in the same way. In, in from a Christian perspective, the temptation is always there to get sucked into that idea of materialism and being up to up to whatever standard of whatever it is that you're into, and finding fulfillment mm. that way. Um, but you know, filling your hands isn't going to fill the hole inside. Uh, that's only done through Jesus. So, as Christians, we are like we are like we're in a zombie apocalypse in that there are the spiritually dead all uh, the, the walking spiritual dead all around us all. Um, and we're trying to survive uh, to, to where we're take to the point where we're like Tilda Swinson's character, where we're removed from the situation ultimately. Mm. Um, and, you know, as far as any amount of encouragement, I would say, you know, consider it that you are in that zombie apocalypse together with other members of the body. Um, and we ought to conduct ourselves as so that we make sure that nobody else is consumed by the zombie horde. I'll let that allegory sink in because... It makes sense, but it sounds ridiculous as I'm yeah, talking yeah. about it. So, I got you. I'm feeling you. I'm feeling you. <laughs> Dig it. So that brings us to the end of the podcast, uh, Mister Dave Clements. Yeah. Where can people find you and hear that sexy tone of voice that you have? <laughs> well, if you want to hear this one, uh, no. If, <laughs> if you want to hear, why are you from Texas? <laughs> man, 
If you want to hear the one that is generally mistaken through a McDonald's drive through as my own mother, uh, you can go over to geekthispodcast.com where uh, I talk about pop culture and we've got a new specifically movie based show called To the Moon and Back or To the Movie and Back. Good grief. I don't even know what it's called, uh, but you can <laughs> listen to that with my co-host, David Hunt. Or uh, if you'd prefer to hear me talk in a so-so kind of Australian accent as Wilder Filch, you can go over to PlayingGamesWithStrangers.com. All right. Until John kills him off. Uh, <laughs> I've already killed him a couple times, sir. And he keeps getting better. Um. He's only mostly dead. All right. Well, Diamond Dallas Page, why don't you <laughs> go ahead and tell us where people can find you? Yeah. Hey, you guys can find me at geekdevotions.com where you'll find links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for Geek Devotions, obviously. But through geekdevotions.com, you can find our devotions. You can find our, our YouTube channel where we put out a weekly devotion uh, based on geek pop culture stuff that's, again, designed to let you know you're loved, you're cared for, and there's a plan and purpose for your life. And also our Geek Devotions podcast network where you find this podcast. You can find um, Casual Gamer Society, Com Talk, Bees Reviews and Reviews, The Gundam Watch, and we read allegedly uh, plot twist. John's part of basically almost all of those. This is true. um and if you're looking for where you can listen to what i do uh check the link tree in the notes uh or listen to the majority of what dallas just said uh specifically want to highlight uh um gospel by gaslight which is a uh which is a uh audio drama written by uh, fellow bottom shelfer Branson Boykin. I am a voice actor on there. Dallas is a voice actor on there. Kevin, who is not among us, uh, is a voice actor on there. And then he's like the main character. And then also check out uh, Strangers and Aliens this month. I will be on the Halloween episode talking about the book and movie uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. So give that a listen. Does anything anybody have anything else to talk about before we sign off? Make sure you check out The Bottom Shelf uh, social media, Facebook and Instagram. Just look for The Bottom Shelf Podcast. We pop up mostly easily. All right. So with that said, please like, rate, and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this on. That helps put us in front of like-minded listeners like yourself who may enjoy hearing us talk about terrible movies that we watch and maybe consider telling a friend about us because word of mouth is always the best means of propagation. And uh, yeah, I think that's about it. So good night, everybody. Thanks. Bye.